Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 through 42. You can find this gospel reading in your order of worship or in your pew Bible in front of you or also in your own personal Bible. I invite you to understand as you are able in body or in spirit for the reading of our gospel lesson. You've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. If anyone wants to sue you to take your coat, give them your cloak as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Give to anyone who begs from you. Do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. One of my favorite uh, internet pictures that I've seen in a long time, I wanted to do for you this morning as a live demonstration, but somebody wouldn't play along. And wait till you'll hear it. And I think you'll agree this is a really a missed opportunity. Um, any of y'all know what a get-along shirt is? Okay. Get-along shirt might be the greatest thing of human ingenuity I've ever seen in my entire life. I saw it on the internet. So it was on the, inter- on the internet. It's got to be true. Um, but I saw it on the internet. It was uh, done by a mother, I'm guessing, because mothers are smarter than fathers. So it was done by a mother who had this large, she had two brothers, I'm guessing age, uh, like, like Betty's talk this morning, some siblings love to annoy the other. And this was like a situation where they had begun the annoying each other process. So the mother came with an ingenious idea. What she had done, she had gotten a t-shirt that was about four sizes too big, and it was called the get along shirt. And she took both kids and put them in the shirt with their heads sticking out. And they had to stay in the shirt until they could get along. Thus, the get-along shirt. I mean, wouldn't me and Tim have looked good in a get-along shirt? (laughs) See, I'm just saying, Tim, it was a missed opportunity. You know, I mean, I just, I just think it would have been a great vision to really amp up the gospel message this morning. The get-along shirt. When I read the Bible, basically our faith is like a get-along shirt. Because Jesus is always and repeatedly calling us to get along with folks we don't much like. Always forcing us to get along with people that we don't agree with. To get along with even our enemies. And I don't want to get along with my enemies. They're my enemies for a reason. If I liked them, they'd be my friends. I don't like them, so they're my enemies. It's hard enough in life to get along with our friends, isn't it? It's hard enough to get along with our family. It's hard enough to get along with folks we actually like. Much less get along with folks we don't like. 
And that seems to be, like I said, this seems to be one of them overarching things of Scripture. Because we can say, oh, that's just Jesus. That's what Jesus does. But no, let's, let's, let's look a little bit further across Scripture. We see the writer of Hebrews this morning say this. Be kind to strangers, for by doing so you may be entertaining angels unaware. Be kind to folks you don't know. Be kind to strangers. Be kind to visitors. Be kind to all of these people because you never know when by showing hospitality to someone, you may be entertaining angels. So, okay, well, that's just, that's just a New Testament thing. New Testament's all about grace and all that business. Let's go to the Old Testament. Okay, let's go to the Old Testament. Let's go to the entire book of Jonah. The point of Jonah is not this, that he got ate by a whale, although that's pretty awesome. The point of Jonah is this. God tells Jonah, hey, big guy, here's what you're going to do. Um, you're going to go to the Ninevites and preach forgiveness and repentance to them. And Jonah said, no, I'm not. I don't like them. Like you want to read about bad people in human history? Google Assyria. Google Nineveh. See how Nineveh acted. See how Nineveh invaded countries and would randomly kill folks just to send a message. The Ninevites were not just bad folks, but they were the enemies of God's people. They were the enemies of the Jewish people. And God tells Jonah, you're going to go preach to the Ninevites repentance, and I'm going to save them. And Jonah said, no, I'm not. I'm not doing it. I don't like them, so I'm not going to do it. So Jonah runs, gets on the boat, gets eaten by the whale, and you know the rest. It seems like all the scripture so often is calling us to get in a get-along shirt, to get along with these people, particularly the folks that we don't always like. Like, look at, look at as Betty said this morning, the, the text today was out of the Sermon on the Mount. We just finished this past summer looking at the Beatitudes. And the Beatitudes are interesting because the Beatitudes take a lot of understanding sometimes because you've got to dig into what it's talking about. Um, what does it mean to be poor in spirit? What does it mean to mourn? So you read the Beatitudes, and there's a lot of, a lot of room for not necessarily interpretation, but it's deep, and it's confusing sometimes, and it's sometimes kind of hard to understand. Turning your cheek to someone who struck you is not hard to understand. I'm just not going to do it. Jesus is so naive. That's not the way things work around here, Jesus. Somebody sues you? You give them your cloak as well? What's wrong with you? Jesus is so naive sometimes, isn't he? And that's, not the way we're, that's not the way life works in the big city, Jesus. Not the way it goes on around here. Loving my enemies? Once again, I don't like them. Why am I going to? I mean, the text today. He says, okay, it says, if somebody makes you walk a mile, go with them too. This is not like some type of cardio workout thing they got going on here. What this is, is the Roman soldiers legally could go to any Jewish citizen and say, hey, guess what, big guy? You're going to serve as my caddy for the next mile. Here's my sword, here's my shield, here's my armor. You're going to walk this next mile carrying my stuff because I don't want to and I can make you. 
The Romans were their enemies. The Romans were their oppressors. The Romans were the ones who had conquered them. They hated the Romans. The Romans were the worst. They hated them. And so Jesus says, when that soldier, when that soldier who's occupying your land, when that soldier who is your enemy, when that soldier who wants to destroy you, when that soldier who you despise, when that soldier, that Roman soldier who you don't like, that Roman soldier who has been awful to you, when that soldier tells you to walk one mile with him, you walk two. No. No. I don't want to do that. So I'm going to dig in my heels and not do it. Because they aren't worthy of my love, Jesus. Don't you know what they've done? What they've said? And we ain't going to go with what they said on Facebook last night. We're not even going there. Jesus doesn't give us an option, though, does he? He didn't give us an option. The whole poor in spirit thing's hard to understand. Walking a mile with somebody, turning the other cheek, that's not hard to understand. That's not hard. That's not complicated. I just don't want to do it. <laughs> I just don't want to do it. But here's the thing. How often does Jesus call us to do things that are hard? You know, we're talking in this series about the things we do that form us. So many of the things that we do to form us are hard. Like I said last week, coming to church isn't always easy. It's hard sometimes. It's hard to get up and come. It's hard to get dressed. It's hard to get the kids dressed. It's hard to, it's hard to be late for lunch. It's hard sometimes to come to church. But it's important, and it forms us. I think a lot about, when I think about the way these things that form us, I think about... Um, I didn't like lifting weights when I was younger, so I hate it now. I'll go back to something a friend of mine said. He said, Andy, I would lift weights if they weren't so heavy. That's kind of my philosophy about weightlifting. But everybody tells you that resistance training is good because when you press, when you resist, when you lift, when you work, that makes you stronger. That resistance training makes you stronger. Maybe one of the reasons why our faith is often so weak is because we simply don't do the resistance training Jesus is calling us to do. We don't push through it, do we? I don't like them, so I'm not going to serve them. Jesus didn't say serve them if you like them. He said serve them. You liking them doesn't matter one bit. <laughs> he, he didn't say serve them if you like them. He said serve them. I mean, I don't want to serve the folks. I mean, come on. I mean, how many of us even struggle to serve our people we like? We're sitting in the recliner, and your spouse asks for help. You suddenly have, you suddenly have selective hearing. You know? We don't want to serve our families. We don't want to serve our friends. We don't, want to, we don't want to serve, period, but much less serving our enemies. But when we serve, that's resistance training. That makes us stronger. It forms us. Doing the things that are difficult make us stronger. Doing the things that are hard make us stronger. Doing the things that, we are, that are a challenge for us make us stronger. They strengthen our faith. They change us. They mold us. They shape us. They form our identity. I know it's hard, and I know you don't want to because I don't either. But Jesus doesn't give us an option. And if we're going to take Scripture seriously, we got to take it seriously and do the things he's commanded to do.
I know it's hard. Lifting weights is hard, but it makes us stronger. Following Jesus is often hard, but it makes us live. So why do we serve? Why do we do what he says here? Why do we walk that extra mile with somebody? I think two reasons. One is by serving somebody, we learn to see that person as though they are Christ. Remember what, what, what we read in early, service, early scripture this morning, where it says, remember those in prison as if you were in prison. Remember those that are tortured as though you were tortured. Jesus says, when you care for the least, when you feed the hungry and clothe the naked and visit the prisoner, you're doing it as if you do it to me. We have to learn to see Christ in other people. We have to learn to see that image of God in other people. And when we serve them and when we care for them and when we, when we do these things, even when we don't like them, even when we don't agree with them, we learn to see them as Christ and we learn to love them because their respect and their love should not come from who they are, but should come from the fact that they are made in God's image. And when we serve them, we learn to see them as Christ. And if we never serve them, we will never see them as Christ. We will never regard them in the way that God regards them. We must serve them. So when we serve them, we learn to see them as Christ. But also when we serve them, Christ lavishes us with his grace. The entire point of the Bible, when you read it, from Genesis to Revelation is this. It's a story of the creation of humanity, our fall, and God's plan to save us through covenant, eventually leading to Jesus Christ, and then the recovery of that image that was corrupted by sin. God is always about restoring what sin has taken. So we were made in God's image. We were made good. Sin enters in, and sin has corrupted us. So the entire part of our salvation is that God is going to restore what sin has taken. And one of the ways that God restores us is through his grace. The big fancy word is sanctification. When we serve, it's like God takes, our, takes us and starts cleaning us and starts wiping away the sin and the corruption and the things that have, that have held us down. God begins to clean us and reform us and remake us. And when we serve others, we become more like Christ. Christ pulls us to himself. Because think about it. How often have you gone on a missionary trip and come back and said, man, that was awesome. You felt closer to God, haven't you? Because you've served. How often have you gone to Madcap and served and said, man, wow, I feel closer to God. How often have you, have you done like one of our kids whose chores apparently to help their brother when they fall off their bike? He does something nice for somebody. You see, wow, I feel closer to God. When we serve, we are being drawn closer to God. We are being sanctified. We are being loved on. God is pulling us to himself and reforming us. And if we aren't serving, if we aren't serving others, we will never fully know that grace. Because what does Jesus say in scriptures? He said, I did not come to be served, but to serve. These things restore us and they remake us. And they help us to get along.
Pentecost. Didn't we pray a few minutes earlier? Thy will be done upon earth as it is in heaven. And don't we think in heaven we're going to live like that? We're going to love like that. We're going to serve God and serve others like that. But it starts now. It starts now. It starts with me and it starts with you. And when we serve, even we don't like them, even if we don't want to do it, we make that prayer come true. You know, all the Bible sums sounds like a get-along shirt, isn't it? The Lord wants us to serve, to live, and to care. And as we live out the gospel, we point others to Jesus. Because the Sermon on the Mount also says, do your good works before men. They may glorify your Father who's in heaven. Let your light shine. When we serve, even when it's difficult, that's abnormal. That's different than the world we live in. And what I want from my life more than anything else is for somebody to come to me and say, hey, Andy, why'd you do that? That was weird. Why'd you forgive that person? Why'd you serve that person? Why'd you say that? Why'd you do that? That's weird. That's that, like Jesus. That's kind of naive. Why'd you, th- why'd you say that? So then I can say the reason why I did that is because of Jesus. It's because of Jesus. May we serve others. And in that service to others, may we be formed and may we be made into the disciples of Jesus Christ that he and our world so desperately need us to be. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this day, this grace, this mercy. God, help us to love you, to love each other, and to serve each other as you've called us to. We love you. We ask it in Jesus' sweet and holy name. Amen. Today, as is our custom on the first Sunday of each month, is our time of Holy Communion. I invite you now to turn with me in your hymnal to page 12 uh, for our service of Holy Communion. You can turn your hymnal to page 12. You can also follow along in our order of worship. We'll have our full communion liturgy printed as well. So we invite you to follow along on page 12 in your hymnal or follow along in your order of worship. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. And we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
Here's the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets, who looked for that day when justice shall roll down like waters, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, when nations shall not lift up sword against nation, and neither shall they learn of war anymore. And so with your people on earth, and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, proclaim release to the captives, and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. At his ascension, you exalted him to sit and reign with you at your right hand. On the night when he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which was given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon us gathered here. On these gifts of bread and wine, make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world. Till Christ comes in final victory, and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. This table this morning does not belong to me or to St. Matthew's, to any religious group, but this table is Christ's table. And all who wish to come to Christ's table are welcome. This morning we'll have on my left, your right, on the far side by the organ, we'll have a gluten-free station for any that are in need of a gluten-free option this morning. We're going to invite those forward who will be receiving to come and receive, and we will receive communion on on your side of the altar rail, and the altar will be open for prayer after you have received communion. So we're going to invite those forward now who will be assisting with communion.